Uh, well, good morning again, and uh, you know, I just uh, love that we have a, a fellowship, a body, a body of believers that really does believe in doing the, the body work in our community. Um, and I'm going to get into our message, which I've been talking about the Holy Spirit's work, the Holy Spirit's involvement, not just us personally, but in community, in, in, in uh, our nation, in the world. The Holy Spirit's working. The Holy Spirit is moving. God the Holy Spirit is alive, active, speaking. He's never dormant. Never dormant. Always moving us toward salvation to those that don't know Him. Salvation through Christ. Always moving us to loving the Father, seeing the Father clearly. It's only by the power of the Spirit. It's only by the work of the Spirit that we can actually see God. We can recognize God. That we can know God. It's only by the Spirit that you can actually know yourself truly, authentically, and genuinely. I believe this 100%. Because I, I don't know how about you guys, but I sometimes, do you, do you have, here, let, me, let me just, uh, here, here's an indicator. Is it a lot easier to identify and notice other people's faults other than before yours? That's not the work of the Spirit. That's your work. That's the work of the flesh. To where you see everybody else's issues and faults, but you don't see yours very well. The Holy Spirit is really good at letting you know what your issues are so that He can do what? He can transform you. Last week I spoke about this, about the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's a good work. It's a good work that He doesn't give up on us. And I like that. I'm super glad about that. I'm really glad that he doesn't stop. He doesn't, he's until it's done. And if I'm not dead, he's not done. Hello? That ought to humble you a little bit to say, you know what? I haven't reached it yet. And it ought to also encourage you to some degree to say, he's still doing good work. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to talk about this week the fruit of the Spirit as the Lord leads and directs us. So, Yes, fruity, fruity. We're going there. This is going to be fun. I think it might get gritty at some points. I'll try to warn you ahead of time. You guys know what I mean when I say gritty, right? Yeah, it's it's called that 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 uh that iron sharpened iron, the rough stuff. You know, sanding off those rough edges that are that need to be sanded off. Some of you need a grinder. Some of you need some, maybe just some fine sandpaper to finish finishing touches. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's, a, that's the grinder part. Yeah, some of us need a flat out like a wire brush or a grinder. It's like, no, this needs, this needs a little more work. <clears throat> I'm going to start in verse, and I love it, so I'm just going to get into like what this is leading up to, which is the fruit of the Spirit. And Paul is the one who uh, kind of goes into deeper depths, if you will. Uh, in regards to the Holy Spirit, but in, um, Jesus says this, and I love this because I think this is like, if anything, this is the premise of this whole series, which I don't know how long this is going to last or how long it's going to take us because I, as I dig into deeper stuff, I feel like, oh, this is a good stuff. I need to talk about this one. Here's one I want to talk about that's really interesting that the church doesn't talk about at all. In fact, it's like never mentioned anywhere. It's hard to read anything on it, and I'm going to have to just like crack Blake's brain open to see if I can find some good stuff in it. It's, it's the distinction between 
our conscience and the Holy Spirit. Another, another day, maybe it might take some time, because I'm like, that one to me, like, it, 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 I've just been baffled. Here I am talking to myself, and I baffle myself. Simple. <clears throat> the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus said this, but this is, like, like I said, I believe this is, the, uh, this is where we're coming from with all this. In John 16, 7, and I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation, it says this, but here's the truth. It's to your advantage, or it's better for you, or it's best for you, as some translations say, that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him to you. So it's to our advantage and it's better for us and it's best for us that Jesus went away so that we have who? The Holy Spirit now within us, living, dwelling, moving, doing work. Hello? Amen. I wrote this and it says the spirit of here the spirit of the spirit is the holy spirit is the presence of god and it's the greek word pneuma and has multiple meanings including breath spirit or wind it's commonly used mostly to describe the holy presence of god on earth but in new testament the new testament writers they also use the word to describe the moving of God, the wind, and other spirits, and even other spirits. So listen to this. It's, it's, it's even been identified as, it noted to talk about, refer to other spirits, including angels, including demons, and even the whole human soul or the human disposition. I know it gets a little bit complicated, but I, I want us to understand that this is, have you ever walked into a building, a room, or the pre- and you notice there's a spirit about the, a person, the spirit about a room, the spirit about a church, the spirit about a business, the spirit about a home. Have you ever noticed that? Recognized that? Identified it? It's real. It's real. And so it's, it's something that we, it's not just some aura, or it's actually a spirit about, and so we are... We are inclined, and we ought to be inclined, and we ought to be moving towards being about a Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, right? John fifteen five says, Jesus said this, yes, I know, this is so good. I don't know why this is just, the Bible just is really good. I, I know I say it at least once or, or five times a week, but I, it's just really good. We ought to read it more. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You realize, though, I'm going to say something. This is the only place that Jesus actually refers to us producing fruit. This is it. This is the place. He says, this is where... And he he lays it out so simply, as I said in the text, and yet so profoundly, that all we have to do is remain in Him, and He in us, and fruit is produced. And yet it's so challenging, is it not? This illustration that... And it's so simple, a branch simply needing to be connected, stay connected to the 
root, the trunk, the vine in order to produce fruit. Isn't that kind of like a duh, right? How many of you got a flower or flowers for your lovely Valentine's this day? Okay. I got Robin a rose and the thing is this rose is dying. It's dying. In fact, it's, why is it dying? I mean, it's not that simple. It's not that complicated because we cut it off of the, from the source of life. Now, it looks pretty right now, but we know in a few days it's going to start. There's going to be some petals that will start to fall off. and It's still trying to stay alive. It's sucking water up through it, but it's trying to stay alive, but it's dying. It's, it's so simple. We need to stay connected to Jesus in order to stay alive, to be alive, to produce any sort of fruit. In fact, the moment we disconnect, the moment that nothing gets produced, that's what he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. It's like a dead flower that looks pretty in a vase. We need to stay connected. And this fruit that Jesus is referring to is, I like this, vine-ripened, delicious, tasty fruit. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit that is for others to partake of. Hello? Paul writing in Galatians. Now we're going to get into it. In Galatians chapter 5, he kind of gives us the list of what is called the fruits of the Spirit, but... Remember, and I think I kind of alluded to it a little bit last week in regards to um, Paul writing to the Galatians and giving you a little bit of context is that this is a, a people group, a, um, an area that were really struggling with a d- division, divisiveness. Stuff was going on to where, where there was conflict, um, not, only between each, not only between the church and the world, but between each other in the church, because this church was being formed and formulated in, in a way that there's Jews and Gentiles alike that were belonging to this church. And so there, the, the, the Jews that were the Judaizers that were converted to Christianity to follow Christ, now we're, we're trying to convert all of the, the, the Gentiles to Judaism and Christianity at the same time, saying, well, yeah, it's great you started with Jesus, and Jesus is good, and we, our salvation is Jesus, but you also need to do these other things. You need to obey the law. You need to be careful what you eat. You need to be circumcised. And, and Paul's like, hey, no, stop. And when you read the whole book of Galatians, just read it through, listen to it if you like. Read it through, listen to it if you like in another translation, and then do it again in another translation. You'll be blessed, I, I promise you. You'll hear stuff that you didn't hear, You'll, you'll, God will speak to you in ways. And one of the things that he speaks to this and through this is that there's this real reality that there's issues in among, amongst people that love God the same, and yet they still deal with these issues of trying to connect with each other, trying to fit in with and be pleased by God with God, and yet still love one another. In fact, at one point in Galatians, he said, be careful that you don't start not just turning on each other, but you start eating each other. I mean, he uses graphic language like that. Like, be careful that if you, if you are following in the Spirit, that you don't revert back to the ways of the flesh. 
because you'll turn on each other and eat each other. That's, what he, that's how he describes it. So I'm going to read this in Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16 out of the... I wanted to read this out of the Passion Translation again. I, I'm, I'm kind of liking to refer to it. If that's okay with you guys, I'm just going to do it anyway. But I, it's really a, an interesting translation. Um, <clears throat> words it in a different way. I, I, and I've said this many times. I, I encourage you to read it in that way, but study in a, in a, um, like a, a language, like ESV, uh, New King James, if you want to do like little word study, this is good to kind of enhance, if you will. I, I kind of um, consider it in likeness to the Amplified Bible, <clears throat> even though it words it a little bit different, but it's, uh, I like to read these, uh, or the message. Um, some may like the message uh, translation, but this is, so as I read this, you might see it, you might hear some different things that you might not of heard in other translations. Uh, starting in verse 16, chapter 5. <clears throat> says, As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Did you hear that? As you yield to the Spirit life, the, Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder Him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. <laughs> What's that going on here? A little bit of a battle, huh? Hello? Come on, guys. You guys with me? You guys all, all awake and, and a little warm, a little cold? Need a drink? Okay. Just move on. Okay, I get it. I, I heard that. <clears throat> Shut up and read, Eric. Okay. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit's intense craving hinder your, your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. <laughs> the cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way senseless arguments, resentments when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself being in love with your own opinions. Only <laughs> that doesn't describe us today, doesn't it? Being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and other similar behaviors. In other words, there's a lot more like this. And then he goes on, he says, Haven't I already warned you that those who, who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? But the fruit that is produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied, varied expressions. A joy that overflows, a peace that subdues, a patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, 
and strengthen the Spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Even that last phrase alone, he's, he's easily saying this one thing that we need to understand is when we live by the Spirit, there is nothing that can hinder us from actually being all that God's created us to be. It's our flesh that actually gets in the way from being all that God's created us to be. Amen? Come on, guys. Let's go. Okay. I'm going to get into now some a little bit more detail of each of these fruits. I think it's kind of fun to talk about fruits. Um, <clears throat> you can almost say this as, you know, the context of Galatians that uh, what Paul is describing here is like almost two communities. Uh, an anti-community and a Christ-like community. You know, even the word community is that one is a word that it brings us together, common unity. That's that's what the word actually means to have common unity. We live together, dwell together. We have the same purpose, goals, and, and but there's an anti-community that says, nope, I'm not about common. I'm not about I'm not about being with you. I'm not about being unified with you. I'm all about me. And when we, when we live in a, in a world and when we live our life all about me, we live anti-community. And that's kind of what he's describing here in these two, these uh, the works of the flesh and works of the spirit. Um, the true community of those who live and move and walk in the spirit are those who are justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Apart from me, we can do nothing. Amen? Want to get into some gritty details of these fruits? Anybody? Any takers? Okay, good. How you doing? Let's talk about love. This love. He says it's a fruit of the Spirit, love. This fruit of the Spirit that he's referring to as love, it's, it, goes, it, it transforms us from an inward perspective that's all about me to an outward perspective that's about others. We walk into a room, we wake up in the day, we actually go to work, we do the things in our family life, in our school life, in our, in our work life, in, 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 in life. We do the things in life looking for God to use us to help others. Remember, this is a fruit. A fruit is something that you can identify as what kind of tree it is, right? Hello? It, it, this isn't really rocket science, and it's not that complicated. So we've got to keep it to the simple illustration that I believe it's meant to be used. And I think that's where we'll get the most from it. A fruit is... We, we can tell what kind of tree that is planted in the ground by what kind of producer, fruit it produces, right? Amen. Um, you, you know, and, and you got to, like, like trees got to produce like fruit. You know, uh, some of us are into, I think Alfonso's planted some different fruit trees in his yard, and some of them are grafted into each other where you have different citrus fruits coming out of the same tree, different types of apples coming out of the same tree, but you can tell that's an apple tree because it makes apples, right? So we'll, we're going to know what kind of 
fruit, what kind of tree we are, what, what's going on inside of us by what kind of fruit comes out of us. Amen? So there's evidence. It's something that we don't just talk about. It's not just a theory of love. It's an, there's action in love. In other words, I go into a room, I go into my family's, I go into my home. How can I serve? How can I be looking for something and somebody that needs help today? Love actually is a verb in this context. We actually seek God, ask God, God, how can you use me? I am open, I am available for you to, be, to use me today in any way, shape, or form. And that's actually putting ourselves out there so much so that it, it's a little risky because when we look and we see the love of God, the love of Jesus cost Him His very life. And that's how far He's saying to take it. Take it to the point of loving those in your life. Um, looking for opportunities to love with action. And I think, and then it kind of sums it up, there's, he's going into these, I think there's even greater details, because love, kind of, if you remember in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, love is patient. By the way, happy Valentine's Day. I love you. Right? Hello? I said I love you. Oh, thank you. That was nice. It's the only reason I said it, so I could hear it back. Just kidding. Come on, guys, I'm teasing. That was totally opposite of what I was just saying. It's like... Let's talk about joy. I think this is a fun one to talk about. I think each of these, but I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to take these, spin them just a little bit different than maybe, maybe we have thought of them before. Joy. Spirit-filled joy shows itself fully in overflowing genuine happiness for others' blessings or successes. Did you hear that? Now, I really want us to dig deep and ask the Holy Spirit to show me if, if, there's a, if there's a fruit of joy coming out of my life. What that means is, is asking the Holy Spirit to identify when that isn't there and the opposite is there. What, if, if joy is being genuinely happy and pleased and even excited for those who are being blessed and successful, what would be the opposite of that? Envy, resentment. What about me? Where's my blessing? I've been here for this long doing this for that long, and I've been doing I show up this time. Where's it? Where's my part? So joy actually is the opposite of that, and we actually look like, wow, that's so exciting for you. I am so happy for you, but it's got to be genuine. You can't fake it. This isn't a fake it till you make it thing. Joy from the Lord, the joy of the Lord in this, and the fruit, spirit-filled joy is genuinely happy and pleased and blessed for others that are blessed and successful. That's gritty, right? Because it does require us to say, wow. I can think of probably two or three hundred moments in my life where when somebody shared something exciting or something, my first thought was, what about me? Am I not allowed to be genuine? Honest? If you, if, if you haven't, 
thought that, then I encourage you to walk out of the room, repent, and come back, and be honest. <laughs> I mean it. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you're going to sit here and say that it's not you, then walk out, repent, come back. Maybe go out that door and come back in this door. Nobody's taking me up on it, huh? I'm <laughs> just kidding. Chris, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's I'm saying if you haven't thought that, say if you, if you haven't realized that you thought that, then, then you need to really come to the realization that it's, it's a reality of your life. She's, she's pregnant. She has to take care of business. That's all right. Uh, um, I'm going to move on to peace. How about that? Peace. Hey, there you go. Peace that subdues. Thank you, Michael. The peace of God, this is great, the peace of God that flows out of us through the Spirit starts and finishes with seeing, and this is important, seeing souls. Seeing souls, including my own, your own soul, as precious and so valuable to God that he purchased it with his very life. That kind of peace is the only kind of peace that that settles within so deep that no matter what is happening in this world, in this life, what is most prominent and what is most important is the very soul of every human being. And that kind of peace gives you the freedom to actually love others right where they're at. Because you know it's the place where it, it, you know that, that that soul has been purchased by the blood of Jesus. My soul. And that is where I get peace. Is my soul has been bought with the highest price that's in the universe. It's the precious blood of Jesus. That's the only place I could get peace. It actually is the place where thankfulness comes from gratitude it's the actual place where i can be thankful in all things because no matter what i know that i belong to jesus and that's where we get peace i was uh i was it was um this week no it was uh, last week i think it i I was doing my uh, doing some pickups out and out in Lincoln Hills area, and I ran across something that I was I kind of kind of sort of maybe dreaded, but didn't know that there's there's this kind of thing might happen in my everyday runnings in Lincoln Hills area. Um, pulling up into this courtyard, and there was a I started backing. I was by myself, of course, and I backed into the driveway, and I looked down and noticed something down the road and it was probably about three or four houses down and there was a man laying on the sidewalk on his back and and uh i thought oh man i so and 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 there was a set of crutches next to him i kid you not this is exactly how it played out and and, uh so i'm like oh okay i i can't I, I just beelined it there and said, and I, as I got closer to this man, I heard a, a sound coming from where he was at, and I recognized the sound, and it was worship music. <laughs> and I got closer to him, 
and he's just laying there on his back, like, and it's like about 10 in the morning, and I think it was a sunny day, and, he, and he's smiling and just singing, and I'm like, I get up, and he's like, excuse me, and he's like, wow, he just smiles at me, and he's like, I said, you're perfectly fine, aren't you? And he goes, oh yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, what the heck is this guy doing? He was at total peace. I don't know. It's like, I don't know if he fell or just laid the crutches down. Or I, at that moment, I just like, I'm just going to leave him at peace, man. It's like, and that was like a peace that I'm like, that's the kind of peace I want. I could just lay in the middle of the sidewalk and just say, hallelujah, just sing to Jesus. And he was just singing to Jesus. I was just like, wow, I want to be like him when I grow up. Like, that's awesome. But it, 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 it's, it's only from something inside that, that we could do things that look weird to the world, is having that peace inside that, you know, I, I can love you, I could reach out to you, and I, and, and I know that I am saved, and I know that I, God wants to save you, and the Holy Spirit is moving. Can, can, we, can we come to the, the, the real reality that the God, the Holy Spirit, is pushing, pulling, moving in every person's life to get to see them to come to salvation in Christ. Every person. And I know that's like hard to, because you know some people that you're thinking, there's no way that that person can, is, you know, God's not interested in that soul. And if you've said that, thought that, you know, just repent of that because that's not truth. And, and it's, but sometimes we think, well, they're just flat out evil. And you got to know and you got to say, well, at, there's a peace inside of me that I want to share and I want to love with that person. And, and, the, and it, it, it ought to open up this, how do I say it other than, it ought to open up a place where we look for an opportunity to share the peace of God and the love of God with anybody and everybody at any time. Amen. It's risky. I think walking in the Spirit is risky as I'm getting into this even more. Patience. How about this? As a fruit of the Spirit. I, I, I would say in my own, and this is, I'm just sharing this, and I think it's, a, please don't be offended, but a shallow definition of patience is the ability to wait without getting angry. Granted, that is something that we need to continuously do. But I think there's a deep, a deep end, if you will, about in regards to patience. The deep end doesn't, what's that? Well, okay, the shallow definition is, is where we think we have this great ability to wait without getting angry. Some of us need that, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I think he's a patient man. I, I, I think that my brother George is a patient man because I, I, I think I know a little bit just a tiny bit of what goes on in his head, and he's restraining and using a lot of patience at every given moment. 
Yeah, yeah. The deep end is this. is where we do not give up on others or yourself. Where we do not give up on others, including yourself. And we trust, we trust that God is doing a work, and the work that He started, He will finish. That's a deep end, because that, that's, that causes me to stick with you, to, and, and I'm hoping you stick with me, and it causes me to stick with myself and my relationship with God to where I don't give up, I continue on, I carry on, I finish this race, I fight the fight, I go all the way until it's done, because I'm not dead and God's not done. And therefore, I'm still doing a work, and I'm not giving up on the work that God's doing. And I'm holding that out for all of you and all of us together. Let's do it together. That's where a deep end of patience takes us. Amen? Kindness. I'm going to get through these, I promise. We'll be here a minute, but not, not a long minute, a short minute, I hope. Kindness. Kindness, this is spirit-filled action, this is great, that is most challenged in difficult or even hurtful situations. You guys hear me? It's a little gritty, okay? A little warning. Kindness does more than just overlook an offense, but spirit-filled kindness blesses someone even though they have cursed you even first, and then turns around and blesses them again. Does it again even the next day. Kindness will, will do something, even when, do something kind, good, helpful in a person's life, even though it's twisted and misconstrued as bad and evil and wrong. And then turn and do it again. That's what the Spirit life of kindness and the fruit of kindness looks like it if you will it um, it involves forgiveness it involves the things even though a person intentionally unintentionally hurt you offended you you forgive first you don't wait for them to come and ask for forgiveness. You forgive them. This takes us to a whole nother level, doesn't it? As far as actually having this fruit of the Spirit. I know these things are cute, and I used to teach them in kids' church, and it was all we'd use little fruit, fruit analogies and talk about just being kind to others and you know thinking of others. Like The kindness of the Spirit that is filled, a spirit-filled kindness is the kindness that Jesus showed. Jesus showed and displayed to a soldier that was shoving a crown of thorns on his head and ripping his back open with a cat of nine tails. Was able to say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do shredding his body to pieces. That's the kindness of the Spirit of God. It takes it to a whole nother level because it takes us to past our discomforts, 
So many times we get so upset over just somebody making us uncomfortable, making us wait an extra one and a half seconds at a stoplight. Come on, let's look like Jesus. It's risky. Your back may, may, may get shredded. You may be, get stabbed in the side even. But it's worth it because it looks like Jesus. And that's what we're about. Goodness. Goodness is kind of like it, it really takes kindness to an, a, another level also. It says we, you know, I, I believe goodness is a place where we don't just wait to stumble across situations to do good. I believe spirit-filled, fruity goodness looks. We resolve to be used by God looking for opportunities to be like Christ and to do good. In other words, I'm looking for things to do that are good. Um, <laughs> he's not in the room today. I was hoping he'd be here. My friend Conrad, <clears throat> it's his birthday coming up. Is he your friend too? I saw him yesterday. I know, yeah, me too. Uh, yesterday I was is in the, uh, I had to run in the afternoon and I was really hungry and I Stopped at a place, La Villa, one of my favorite Mexican restaurants, to oh well, to get a, a plate of carnitas. Oh, so good! And I'm like going back, like yeah, I open it up, like oh, well, this plate. He's like, this is so good. I'm like just like, you know, I'm being an animal because I'm taking it by the hands. And like I don't need no fork. I was just hungry. Like I wanted some carnitas and got about three or four pieces in and. And uh, um, like, and I felt like the Holy Spirit, like, okay, you're gonna. And I know this seems simple, but I think it's these simple things and little things that we, that we do these things with. And and uh, and sure enough, up up walks Conrad about like five minutes later, and he looked like he, you know, he just he was having a hard day. And uh, I said, hey, Conrad, how you doing, my friend? And he's like, oh, good, good. And it's like. You're hungry, aren't you? He goes, yeah, how'd you know? It's like, I just knew it. And he's like, hey, come here, I got this food for you. And he's like, really? And I gave him this nice, warm, hot dish of carnitas. And I, I, <laughs> I love the guy so much. It's like I, he just sat over in the corner of our store outside and on a chair that was for sale. It's like, what? A, and just like, like, like a, like a dog that was like, ah, stay away from my food. <laughs> and I thought that's what goodness looks like. Is where we, we, it kind of takes, it, I, I, and I, I really do believe this, and I believe this because it's scriptural, and Jesus spoke it this way, said, if you give out of the abundance, you really don't give much at all. I mean, he said it in, in ways like that. But if you give out of your, your hunger, your need, if you give from your place of necessity, that's where real giving matters. Then he used the illustration of the widow who gave her you know, less than two cents in the offering when other people were giving you know, lots and lots. He said they give out of their abundance. And that's good, but it doesn't mean as much as that woman who gave out of her need and her necessity. Because I could have easily said, but I was hungry. I was hungry. 
and I got that for me. That was my craving. That was for my satisfaction. But it's the goodness of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit that overlooks all of that. In fact, I didn't even consider that. That wasn't even a part of the equation in my mind, in my spirit, in my heart. When I saw him, it was, aha, I can give it. That's what goodness looks like too, where we give, we help, we, we are good out of a place that actually kind of hurts. Does that make sense? You guys with me? Okay, I'm getting through. Thanks for a yes. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is simply this, and I'm going to just, uh, this is uh, quick, but at the same time it's, it gets deep. Are you seen as the fruit of your life is seen as one who has integrity? Integrity. Faithfulness and integrity are hand in hand. Um, in, in fact, it's based, but especially in the small things. In other words, it's a very simple thing. If you say you're going to be somewhere, are you that person that people don't doubt that you're going to be there? Are, if you say that I'm going to do this or that on a certain day or a certain hour, or maybe I'm going to uh, help you with this or that, are you the, a person of integrity? Well, that, that is a fruit of your life. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Okay. That's a fruit of, in other words, how people see you. Remember, fruit is for others to pick and take and, and, and utilize. So what, how people see you, what is evident of your life, is, 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 is there evidence of faithfulness there? Integrity. In other words, what you say is what you do. I know that's re- really simple, but it's pretty much straightforward. Especially in the little things. Especially in the little things. And let me, let me encourage you with this. It's never too late to develop faithfulness in your life. Never too late to develop faithfulness in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He's so willing and He wants to help you. Jesus said it like this. He who is faithful in little things will also be faithful in big things. It's almost like He's describing it as a as like here's a there's a procession start with all the little things before you get to the big things develop faithfulness by being integrous integ- having integrity with little things see sometimes you just got to reword it gentleness gentleness this is a good one this is a good one <clears throat> I believe there's a recipe for gentleness, and it's biblical. It's, it's mixing two ingredients, the recipe for gentleness. Humility and meekness. Humility, realizing what you're not. Meekness, realizing what you are. When you mix those two, you can be gentle. Humility, super simply, realizing what you're not. Meekness, realizing what you are. And when you mix those two, gentleness is a fruit. Gritty moment, gritty moment. You ready? Proving others to be wrong, or wait, more correctly, let me say it this way, proving yourself to be right 
is complete opposite of the spirit-filled fruit of gentleness. If you need to show yourself as right, you need to prove yourself as right, that's not the spirit-filled life of gentleness. It's needing to make myself known that I am in the right. Whenever we do that, there's no meekness, there's no humility in there, because it's all about me, right? Needing to prove yourself to be in the right is not gentleness. Let me share an example, and I'll get, this is get, it's a little personal. Um, whenever I'm being manipulative to my wife, <clears throat> I'm just being honest again, I hope this doesn't offend people, or, but whenever I'm being manipulative to my wife, trying to manipulate her, in other words, get out of the fight, blame it on her, not take it, uh, full ownership of my part in the, in the relationship, one of the things I do, it's like, well, you just have to be right. I'll say that. And you know what it does to her? It rubs her so wrong because I know if I say that, it's going to rub her wrong. It's like, it, but here's the thing is, and she says, no. And, and she always, it always comes back with the same thing. So I don't know why I've, I've said, I haven't said it in a while, quite a while, because it's like I realized that was totally out of, not spirit-filled, is that's the last thing on my mind is to be right. See, gentleness does something that is able to speak into a person's life without having to be right. But in other words, to, to just, they're, they're speaking into a person's life, they're, they're helping a person, they're being sweet, being kind, and, it, and it's not to prove them wrong or me right, but it's, it's, opening up this place of like, this is something that I see that, that you need to work on in your life. And you need to identify with and you need to take ownership of because until you take ownership of it, until you become accountable for it, there can be no transformation or change in your life. Wow. I did not intend to share that. So that was a freebie. Jesus went to the cross filled with gentleness. Amen? Completely humble and yet completely meek. The last one. Okay. You guys still with me? These are fruits. Remember? Evidences of God's work in our life, the Holy Spirit. And what did Jesus say? If you remain in me and I in you, you will produce much of this fruit. Self-discipline. Oh, I asked the Holy Spirit if I could just cross this one off <laughs> or run out of time. I have time and it's still in my notes, so we're going to dig into it. <clears throat> Self-discipline as a fruit of the Spirit. It almost seems contradictory, doesn't it? Because it seems like, well, wait, if I'm walking in the Spirit, I'm just like floating easily over here and over there as the Spirit leads, right? Am I funny? <laughs> but yet he says a fruit of this Spirit is now a life filled with self-discipline that is evident to all. That people see and identify as a disciplined life. 
Do I dare talk about the three biggest issues of our self-disciplined life? <laughs> That's awesome. That's the first one. <laughs> our stomach. <laughs> our stomach. Do you realize that, okay, let me, let me just first be the first to say, I believe and I think and go out on a limb in this area, in all areas, all these areas, that I believe as they hit these three areas, everybody in the room is going to have, need a little extra help in these areas. Can we all raise our hand to that? Okay. Come on. I mean this. this is, so if, if these are areas that we could ask the Holy Spirit to help us in, we really can. What we eat, what we partake in, what we put into our bodies, we, can, we have that choice. We can be disciplined in it. We can have the self-discipline that God is saying, because there's so many things in the Bible. He talks about this, and I know he's like, well, gosh, isn't that... No, our body is the temple of the Lord, and it's like if we're going to... Uh, Paul says, I think it's in Corinthians, if you're going to destroy the temple, then you're doing something that kind of almost offends God, because it's God's temple. I know if we actually lived this way, we'd be like... What if I actually lived a daily life really believing that this body, this soul, this mind, this heart is a temple of the living God? Would I treat it differently? May the Holy Spirit do that work. Amen? Amen. I mean, I'm the first to tell you, what did I, you know what I did last night as I'm like preparing for this? A bowl of cereal. <laughs> Captain Crunch at 10 o'clock at night. Just one. So I guess that's discipline. Mm -hmm. I plead the fifth on that one, but yeah. What I'm saying is, as I was like, I'm almost laughing at myself as Leslie says she's putting a piece of chocolate in her mouth. Like, we we are we are subject to this issue, and it's a, there's a little bit of a battle. It let's not beat ourselves and condemn ourselves, but let's let's tap into the power of the Holy Spirit that actually empowers us to live a self-disciplined life. We can all agree to that. Amen. Amen. We're getting into a couple others that are, uh, and I got a little bit of time, and I think this is the, uh, uh, I, I, I feel like I have to say the things that the Holy Spirit wants me to say in this regard, which is, which is the, the three S's are the three big challenging issues of self-discipline, which is our stomach, the next is sex. Um, you, you know, our sex life, which guess what, young men and young women, it exists before you're married. It does, because your life dedicated to your husband or wife sexually is dedicated to your husband or wife before you have your husband or wife. Amen? Amen. And your life dedicated to your husband or wife after your husband or wife sexually is dedicated to your husband or wife after you're married. We, by the power of the Holy Spirit, can live a self-disciplined life sexually. We can. There's a verse in, the, in the Proverbs, and a, a, uh, I, I'm not remembering exactly where, 
but I do remember he says there's, there's three things that the, that, the, that the earth cannot stomach, in other words, stand. And he said that no four, and the fourth is the worst. And the reason I remember the fourth as being the worst is, is because it says this one thing. It's been the one thing. It's been a thing in my marriage that has has caused great movement towards good in loving my wife. Is it says a married woman who is unloved, the earth cannot stand. And as I read that many times in the Bible, it's moved me to these inner places of of I love my wife, but I need to express it. There's a place where I need to stay committed, faithful, and even to the point where I actually long to make her know that she's loved by me as her husband. And then the Holy Spirit spoke this other thing that I think if I could share this, I think I can. I'm hoping I can, and I'm hoping it comes out correctly. the Holy Spirit also spoke and he said that is something that the earth doesn't cannot stand is a a married woman who is unloved but there's also the other side of that where is a husband and wife that withhold the beauty and the gift from one another that I have given them to be intimate and to be connected. So that is something that the earth does not stand for either. Did that make sense? I don't want to go into detail, but that's something that the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And it's really real. And I believe it's something that I believe that this is a part of our self-disciplined life. If I could say men and women abstain from sexual behaviors, acts with other men or women other than your spouse, in the same regard, men and women, offer yourself to your husband or wife. And that is discipline too. Let's move on. Yes. Okay, wait a second. Hold on a second. Time out. <clears throat> you said you referred to something called open relationships. What? That's, that's not a biblical... It, uh, what I understand open relationship is not biblical. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or, or wait, let me... It's against... Yes, thank you, Leslie. It's, it, it, it's, it's sin, and it's against, it, it's against the will of God. It's against the Word of God. He asked a really good question, and thank you, Austin. I did, I, I, a really good question that open relationships are against the will of God. Yeah, amen. Yeah, sorry. I, 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 um, help me out, Michael. Blake, it, there, is a, there is a verse in the Bible about that. There's actually a lot of places, uh, that's why 
you know, I, when I said that, and forgive me for not having the verses to back that up, because I felt like the Holy Spirit just put that in me and on me. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. It, it's. As opposed to being selfish, because isn't let, let's just let's just call it what it is real quick. A a man who cheats on his spouse, or basically whether it's in heart or deed, is a selfish act. A man or woman who withholds that from their spouse is a selfish act. We are to live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Amen. Uh, yeah, yeah, do not... Yeah. But... But that, that, that period that he's referring to is when you're actually like fasting and praying. So if, if you're withholding that, then you better not be eating. You better not be doing it. In other words, if you're going to do that, do it as, as the Bible says. Let's move on. And, and I, like I said, I want to finish. I just kind of got like either nervous or hot or like I got really uncomfortable. Well, there's young people in here. I'm trying. I did. But it's in a good way. I need you teenagers to understand that this is a part of life. This is a part that you commit yourself to the Lord right here and now. You resolve to live your life for Christ even before you're married and let God bring you the, the, the spouse. And you, you, that your, your commitment of faithfulness to your spouse starts now. Oh man, hallelujah. Did you hear what Robin just said? That's really awesome. Like, we, we are married to Christ, right? But, we're, we, we, but the, the union and the consummation of that marriage doesn't happen till when? Till we get to be with Him for eternity, till the rapture, till the church is taken, till that's when it takes place. So we can't ourselves if you're withholding from people or your spouse or anything. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you just went really gritty. She just went super deep. Like, did you hear what she just said? In other words, what you do with people is what you do with God. I don't know if I want to go there. I didn't go that deep, but it's real. It's true. Amen. Okay, last last S. Guess what it is? Your speech. Your speech. You can be disciplined with your mouth, your tongue. In fact, James. Read the book of James. So good. Good stuff. In regards, in fact, James chapter three in particular. I'm not going to quote any of it because it's. I want you to. I want you to go in and dig, dig in, and let the God, the Holy Spirit, speak to you. But your speech, your speech has the power. Listen, I'm just going to say one, one quick thing. I want us to be so disciplined in our speech. I believe that this is a spirit-filled fruit. So disciplined in our speech that I can stop what I'm saying and determine and 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 determine by the power of the Holy Spirit, with wisdom and discernment, whether the thing that I'm going to say is either going to tear a person down or build them up. Whether it's going to tear a person down or build them up. Stop, pause, ask the Holy Spirit, what I'm going to say is going to tear them down or build them up. Amen?
Let's just let God the Holy Spirit do the rest in that work because we all need work in this area. Hello? We all need work in all of these areas. Discipline, the self-discipline life of fruit. The fruit of self-discipline is one that, you know, some of our fruit there is a little bit rotten. And we need it, we need it to be tasty. Tasty. And not to where we're like a bunch of weirdos, but man, we look good to others because we live a godly, holy life that people want to partake in. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. I need, to, I need us to hear this. Is The world is hurting and dying for authenticity, for genuine love, for truth. They're hurting. They're dying. They're aching. They're, they're starving for it. And we are it. We are the salt. We are the light. And it's the fruit that the world sees. It's the fruit that we see, the fruit of the Spirit. I'm just going to finish it with what Jesus said. <clears throat> For those who abide in me and I in them will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your love for us, your grace, your grace that continuously moves us, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, who gave himself, gave his entire life, entire body as a sacrifice for our sins. And I love that you've, 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 you sold out Jesus. You purchased us. We are bought with the greatest price that can ever be bought. And that your spirit moves. Your spirit, you Holy Spirit, move. And you don't give up. You don't relent. In Jesus' name, move Holy Spirit. Move Holy Spirit. Amen.